friends. Welcome to the Church Deployed Podcast. I'm Christopher Cass. Hey, everybody. I'm Ronnie Marriott. I am so excited to welcome you to episode four of the podcast entitled Reframing Student Ministry. Yay. But before we dive into the content, I want to introduce you to our guest, a senior staff member of our church and student pastor, Daniel Morrow. Daniel, welcome. Hi, Daniel. Hey. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here on a uh, a wonderful Wednesday afternoon recording in the, the podcast. Studio. And a special Wednesday afternoon. Yes, Can you special. kick us off with today is See You at the Pole? Yeah, so today's the last yes. Wednesday of September of 2020, which means it's uh, like every last Wednesday in September. For the last 30 years, it is yes. See You at the Pole Day here uh, across the nation. For those of you who don't know what See You at the Pole is... Uh, 30 years ago, 1990, actually in Burleson, Texas. This is what's cool. Right down the street from us. where it started, right? Old Burleson High School, old Kerr Middle School, now uh, Collegiate and Rome High School. Yes. Uh, You had a group of teenagers who gathered around the flagpole to pray for each other, pray for their administration, for the school district, and for their nation, and just ask the Lord to to, uh, heal our land. And 30 years later... We're still doing it. So yeah. it's been a long day for me. I was up at uh, before six o'clock at a flagpole <laughs> getting ready for stuff. And uh, wow. that just keeps pushing on. Uh, this we, goes on all over the world too, though, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. So so it's, it's expanded. It's not just Burleson now. In fact, I, when I was in high school, um, we were we were doing that. I was talking so to my dad this morning ago. on the way out. Uh, my father was here helping with a newborn that we have. Ah. And he said, hey, I remember cool. the last time I saw you out on the way to see you at the pool. Mm. You were a high school student playing oh, wow. for the worship band. And so yeah. kind of had that, you know, reminisce on that. Like, yeah. oh, that's a cool moment, Dad. Oh, so fun. just so. to be clear... See You at the Pole began right here in Burleson, Texas, and has impacted the entire world. Yes. 100%. Yep. Yeah. And much like awesome. this podcast. In fact, exactly, uh, yeah, one I, of the I guys great who, similarities. One of the guys who started it was uh, was there with us this morning. A couple Are you of serious? Them. Yeah. So oh, they're, yeah. they're still around. They're still hanging around. Really? So it's really cool. And that is awesome. Yeah. 30 years later. Well, wow. praise the Lord for See You at the Pole. I know it's had an impact. Uh, as yeah. we get into our conversation today, Daniel, let's start, though, with your story, mm-hmm. right? You were born. It is today. What happened between? How did you end up here at First Burleson? Yeah. So, uh, born in the Metroplex, uh, my dad uh, was working his way up as a manager at Luby's Cafeteria. Rest in peace. I love mm. Luby's. See, I do too. It's, Give me a Luan, baby. That's my one I, weird I, I fact about my life. I've probably eaten more Luby's than all the senior adults <laughs> in this church combined. And lived to tell um, about it. But be, yes. Uh, and so, because of that connection, though, we ended up in Bryan College Station, Texas. Uh, by my second grade, seven, six, seven years old, and was there all the way through high school. So I call College Station home, Brian, uh, to be exact. Uh, and then from Please Brian, be exact. Yeah, to important. be exact, yeah, go Vikings. Viking pride never dies. Um, and um, went to Texas A and M. Met my wife at Texas A and M, Jody. You know, campus of bless your heart, forty five thousand people. To go to Texas I chose to go to Texas A and M. Is that where you go? Whoop. That's where you go. Whoop. Yep. Okay. You got it. So um, went to AM, met Jody. The very first person I met on campus was Jody, which is no kind way. of a cool story to tell with 40, 45,000 people on campus. That was it. Wow. Um, was we she did, your teacher? <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was not my teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, uh, we're the same age. Yeah, she's actually she... a little bit older. But um, so <laughs> met her. Uh, I guess you could say the rest was history. We, we got married after uh, we graduated there, uh, ended up at seminary in Fort Worth. In 2012, and really have just stuck in the area uh, for eight, go just a little over eight years now. Wow. Uh, I've worked in three different churches: the Third Church, uh, Travis Avenue Baptist Church, uh, Field Street Baptist Church in Cleveland, Texas, 
uh, and then uh, started here a year ago. It's been just over a year. Yeah. On Happy anniversary. Here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing how fast it's gone. Your third and final church. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. There yes. we go. Yeah. Well, welcome to the team. You've done an incredible yes. job. Thank you. You yes, add you a lot to our staff. So thanks for choosing to join us in this yes. work. Thank you. Now, uh, the topic today is reframing student ministry. Mm -hmm. So as a highly networked, engaged student pastor with student ministries around the country, tell us what's going on in student ministry at large. You know, from what I've seen, uh, just like any organization, any field of work, uh, coronavirus has really caused student ministry to be in, in a restless state. We've had to re reinvent the wheel just like everybody else within a week or two, right? In March. Yeah. So, yeah. so March 15th, I remember, uh, we were supposed to go on a ski trip on oh, that's right. March 15th. That's so right. March 13th, yeah. oh, I'm man. sitting in Starbucks. It seems like forever ago. Calling parents saying, Hey, there's this thing called coronavirus. We don't know what's <laughs> happening. We're not going to go on the ski trip anymore. Disappointing parents on the other end. March 15th, we come to church and it's just staff. Yep. And then was... pretty much from that point until August, really, we, there was just a really, really weird vibe with yeah. student ministry here You're personally, right. but uh, really across the nation. Uh, something I have noticed in, in recently as schools going back, there's this urgency for many student pastors, many student ministries that I've observed and talked to that just want to get back to, to normal. Uh, they want to mm. get back to a, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday night rhythm. And it's, yeah. it's something, it's the reason why this podcast exists. Uh, I, I can't help but wonder if perhaps the current state of ministry is still in flux because we are yearning for what was instead of planning for what is and what's going to be mm -hmm. uh, because well, I, I, I think things are changing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we really need to begin to reframe what that looks like. And so uh, where we're headed, man, I, I think we can unpack it here in the next few minutes. But uh, I, I, I am beginning to ask questions and wonder if perhaps student ministry doesn't need to look differently in the future in the way that we think about it. Yeah, you, you know, Daniel, uh, it, this impacts just not student ministry, mm -hmm. but it's it really in all the conversations I'm having uh, with pastors, there's a group out there that is genuinely trying to ride this out as if it were some massive storm on the ocean and you're just waiting for it to pass so you can get back to smooth sailing. And the, the reality is that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, it's well, just we're in a yeah. different season. You see it everywhere, right? Schools. Mm -hmm sports i mean everything's been impacted everything's different so yeah i, I don't know who to, to attribute this to maybe you ronnie and i'm sorry if i don't remember explicitly who i heard this no from, one but, usually does um, you've got ministries who <laughs> yeah ministries and people who are treating covid as an interruption instead of a disruption mm. uh yeah. and I, yeah. I think it's more of a disruption than an interruption in yeah. terms of this how too we, shall pass may not uh, apply to this correct yeah. now I, obviously it like vaccines and those kind of things it will pass right but uh maybe the state of things won't just pass and, and be you know a two-year interruption maybe it's yeah. it's complete disruption it, it's yeah, yeah it, ha it ha certainly has the feeling of the diaspora yeah you know we talk about church employed the church dispersed right mm -hmm. um it, you know on our team here we talk an awful lot about rhythms mm -hmm. we want to engage people in their natural rhythms of life and this has disrupted everybody's rhythm. So tell us kind of what are some of the rhythms that are going on for students, for parents right now? 
Yeah. So, uh, man, let's, let's take it all the way back to March as well with that, just kind of flesh this whole thing out. So again, for us here in our context, we, we went from Sunday morning, Wednesday night on March 8th, the week of March 8th to nothing, uh, this summer, nothing programmed this summer. Um, yeah, camps, VBS, camps, everything. Camps was were canceled, mm, VBS. It totally just, it just looked up. different, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what you saw, though, was something beautiful, is that families were forced to be <laughs> at home together. Yeah, Parents were forced to be around their teenagers. And, to, and you saw a lot of families. Uh, yes, there were some, some negative statistics that go up with that. And we talked about that with, right. with David Couch. but. Yeah. Um, you also had other families who were making the most of it. My family, for example, I don't have teenagers. I've, I've little, had a little girl at the time, but we would begin to create a family rhythm and schedule around what it would look like to do things as a family. So I'd wake up and work from six to nine 30, and then we'd go on a walk from nine 30 to 10 before a staff <laughs> meeting and yeah. then, uh, work a little bit more, have lunch and, and then build in another walker or playground time. And what, what we were doing is investing time with our, our toddler and investing time with each other yeah. while still allowing for the freedom to do what we needed to do in our day jobs. So you saw that happening, but now as sports are coming back, as school is coming back, um, there, there is a return to what I would say was a frenetic pace mm. and a rhythm of yeah. Like, well, I've got to be doing something Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because if I don't, I'll be sitting at home. Yeah. It didn't uh, seem to take too long for people to get busy again. Exactly. You know, so exactly. <laughs> we enjoyed the break, but now and let's so overload. I, I see that rhythm in a family structure. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you begin to wonder, man, okay, um, we could go back to the rhythm that we were in. Just, all right, we're going to go back as soon, as soon as possible. Just treat it as an interruption. Perhaps we need to. Perhaps. But, uh, you know, perhaps we don't. Perhaps we, we don't just go back to Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday night, just because it was. Because yeah. the, there's an unhealthiness in the frenetic pace that was in American culture of do, do, mm. do, 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 and, yeah. and always on the go. He said do, do. Hey, I on, did. Online, did. on yes. the air. It's a, it's, it's we have sensors standing by, right? Okay. So, yes. okay. Yeah, All perfect. Right. <laughs> It, it is interesting with, uh, I, I was on the phone with one of my good friends uh, whose kids are mega athletes. Mm -hmm. And so he said that his son wakes up at 545. This is a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. Wakes up at 545 in the morning, has to hit the bus by 615. Oh, yeah. Has football starts at seven, has football before and after school. And then because he's in baseball, then goes to the travel league baseball practice till nine o'clock at night. Yep. And from nine to 10, he has to somehow do homework and then crash and start again. Yeah. You know, you used to hear nuts. stories of teenagers being stressed out yeah. because of their time schedule. You Correct. know, it was like no, no downtime, no Correct. time management, Correct. just overload. So yep. CS Lewis said, there's a way things ought to be. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder, is that the way it's supposed to be? Mm. Gosh, that's just crazy. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I would argue no to a degree uh, that, that we as parents have a tendency to project what we want from our parent, from our, our teenagers, what we, what we would li you know, live vicariously through your, yeah. your son or daughter. Like perhaps you weren't the athlete, but somewhere <laughs> down, you know, your uncle gave his athletic genes down the line to your son and you see it. And so you're like, Oh yes, here's my chance to have that. And, yeah. and that's been around for a long time, right? That's not just this generation of teenagers. That's been, that, yeah. that is passed down. That's not true in Christopher's 
life. He was, <laughs> he was always the stud. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Let's bring it back to our local church. Yeah. So we're we're working to reestablish a new rhythm. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your thoughts and what that might look like in student ministry here? Yeah. So uh, we've been we've been kicking this around a little bit, and, and part of this is Corona, right? We. We have a crawl, walk, run philosophy of we're, mm -hmm. we're not going to just go from zero to 100 right yep. away. Because yep. a lot, and speaking of the corona context, the last thing we want to do is go from zero to 100 and then have an outbreak in the school and have to go from 100 to zero again. Because sure. that's just deflating from a, yes. from a mental it standpoint. Is. So p part of this is let's so roll this back out. Um, we we have begun Sunday mornings back with students, which is which is cool. So an hour we have life groups that are meeting an hour in the morning on Sunday mornings. Actually coming to campus and then walking down and having an outdoor meeting, so it's yeah, a little bit safer. That's a great idea. Been really cool, um, and have had a good number of students actually come, and you can tell that they want to be there, which is cool. Uh, and then here in the next month or so, in the month of October, we're going to be coming back with a, with a Wednesday night rhythm. Uh, now that's that's where we're trying some things out. Part of it is Corona inspired, and part of it is asking this question of men: What if? Mm. What if we need to rethink that? And that is this: instead of uh, putting another program on the schedule, another place for a teenager to be, to exist within the context of what is already a crazy schedule, right? With homework and and all the extracurriculars. What if we stripped away that weekly meeting? but replace it with a monthly gathering for worship, for teaching, uh, for, for a place to have fun, yes, go big with it, but then freed up time in the week for, A, for time with families, uh, but also perhaps then uh, shifting our energy and efforts to life groups in the way that life groups can actually do life together mm, and use yeah. some of the freedom of, we don't have an every single week something we have to be at, yeah. We can think creatively on how to connect together uh, and be together outside of a Sunday morning. So what, what you're talking about is student leaders that are leading life groups getting together midweek on those off weeks when we're not doing the one night. Yes. And, you know, going to Dairy Queen or sitting outside on the front yard and just chilling or whatever There's certainly the opportunity for that and, and, and this is the beauty of of some freedom right so for some famous talking to a family the other day and kind of walking through it and and the dad's response was this is awesome because my daughter will be at home yeah and that's a night that i had so some families are going to look at this i i think and say man i have another uh, night that i would not have had where i can i can be together as a family we can grow together as a family this is a dad who does some devotional things with his family already so he saw that as like a what a perfect opportunity to do family discipleship uh, on, on some of these night. wednesdays yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when and, my and, kids were little we used to do a family night once yeah, a week yeah and each person picked a week and they got to pick what we did yeah and that worked well through elementary school when they got into high school and band and football and all that on Friday nights, which mm -hmm. was our usual day to do it, that kind of ruined it. So yeah. just to find a night to be able just to be together as a family is, is tough. When strong families help our ministry. Yeah. So why would we not be working to find ways to, it's something they don't realize that they need some time freed up, right? Or maybe they realize that they just don't know how they're going to get it. So <laughs> yeah, maybe we can help that? with that. Um, free up that time and let them do that. And then here, here's the kicker. So um, my job as the student pastor here is not to be the Pied Piper who, who is the 
uh, you know, feeding them. And, and I, I, I don't build the ministry around me, right? right. It, it can't be built around me. But my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So you free this time up and then you give them a resource, right? And say, yeah. hey, here's four or five ideas this month of things you can do with your family or your life group. And what does it look like to engage with each other? Not that I am having to um, like spoon feed you like a baby, but I give you the opportunity. Like here's the menu and you yeah. can choose from these things. And these are approved things and ways you can have that's conversations. And so um, that's, that's the yeah. new rhythm partially inspired right by Corona and sure. in, in, in stepping yeah. into that. But um, I, I cannot help but wonder if, if coronavirus is the disruption that we needed to recenter and reframe what we're doing. It kind of pushes parents to some degree to do what the Bible tells us we're yes. supposed to do in raising our children yes. in the ways of the Lord. And so it's easy to substitute that with youth ministries or children's ministries and not take that responsibility. So it, in some way kind of forcing us back to remember how important that is. Yes, it forces us to walk the walk. Yeah. Right? Everybody loves to talk about, oh, yeah. oh, it's really about the family. It's not about this. Like, I've heard that my entire, over 10 years of a sure. student career. Like, cool, now we are forced to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. Well, and, Can we do it? And you know that from, from my perspective and the role that I have on staff here, that uh, I'm really going to press hard on the fact that these are great ideas. But if we don't make them so practical and so easy and yep. the resources so bite-sized that people can actually do something, because the truth of it is, we talk about being a church family, we talk about family ministry. I would hazard a guess to say that most dads, 50% or more, have never done a discipleship with their kids. Yes. Mm. Right? So mm. we have to make it approachable enough. Matter of fact, most of them, probably not many of them at least, have never had a Bible study for them themselves mm -hmm. or yeah. been discipled. Yep. Right, so we need to just make it so simple that even I could do it. Well, if you can make it simple <laughs> enough that I can do it, then you're good. Well, and from a staffing perspective, it's so you hire a student pastor who's usually focused only on teenagers. Now imagine that you you find a way to actually free up some mental energy to then shift that over to like what if what if I spent time every week actually meeting with dads and discipling dads mm, and showing yeah. them what it looks like Amen. to wake yeah. up at 7.30 and have that. What kind of, it's, it's not attractive because it's not a quick fix, but, but what it is, right. it's, it's a long-term haul where I think you look up at the end of six, seven years and you say, man, we have some really cool things happening because of the seeds of discipleship through the family that were sown through some shifting of the way we think about things, we can now start to do things that really matter that we give lip service to, but yeah. then begin to put it into practice over time. And so uh -huh. it's, it's really a, um, you want to grow healthy, grow deep as you're growing wide and trying to think through that. Mm. Certainly like the direction. It's going to be a lot yeah. of hard work. It yes. Is. And it's going to require not only your effort, but our uh, beloved senior pastor, the Reverend. What? Mm -hmm. Oh. Ronnie Wayne Marriott is going to have to uh, jump up there and communicate these things mm -hmm. too. Let me ask you this uh, last question for us today is that uh, we, we know student ministry takes a lot of effort and it needs a lot of involvement, yep. right? So what can the members of First Burleson do to invest in the lives of students? So there, there's the easy, easy one. Um, invest, you think invest, you immediately think money in terms of uh, supporting a ministry, um, camp, mission trips, helping a kid get 
to a short-term mission trip is a great way to easily invest in a student. So you mean scholarships? Scholarship, money, okay. things like that. However, here's, here's where um, typically churches stop there. Uh, they'll say, man, we'll give the shirt off our back for these kids. And, and I'm not saying I'm, that I'm not appreciative of that. Student pastors love that. Like, yeah. yes, please help us yeah. make this happen. It's got to go further than the shirt off your back because the real investment is time. Uh, and this is a, a, a Dr. Ross at Southwestern Seminary uh, wrote a book, Student Ministry and the Supremacy of Christ, where he really fleshed out the idea of, of, of a teenager who's going to have lifetime faith. They, they need five, at least five sp- uh, relationships with spiritually alive adults hmm. before the time they hit 18 mm-hmm. or you begin yeah. to see those statistics drop off. That is yeah. like the, the, the big kicker. And so for me, I hear that and say, okay, we need individual care for every teenager, which means we can use as many adults as possible to connect to teenagers through life groups. That's how we do it. You connect them through life groups so that they know a teenager knows that they know that they know that they have a, an adult who's going to be with First Burroughs and students who loves them, who cares for them, who wants to see them grow in Christ. It just cares about them, period. Uh, and so if, if you ask me to boil it down to one thing as a member of our church or your church or whoever's watching this, man, really think and pray um, intentionally towards the potential of plugging into a student ministry or a children's ministry to begin to invest in the next generation. Because uh, if you will do that, you will then begin to multiply the seed of, of faith that you are sowing. And, and I think some really cool things could happen over time. So can I give my tithes and offerings directly to a student-designated fund? Please don't. Okay. Yeah, please don't. That was a test. Good answer. Thank yes, you. Yes, I passed it. Yeah. <laughs> please don't, because us student pastors don't even do well with money That's anyways. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> great answer, Daniel. Thank you. Daniel, you're doing a great job. Yes. We are thank delighted you. to have you on our team. And so uh, thank you for your investment in the students, not only in our community in Burleson, but in our region as a regional equipping church. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today on the Church Deployed podcast. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, and social media. For info about any of our podcast videos or other content, you can follow at FBC Burleson on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or on our website at firstburleson.org. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.